One, two, three, four. Hey, Akronites. Listen up. It's time again to get Akrony. The Spoils of Akron, the Spoils of Akron podcast. So bow. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spoils of Akron podcast. My name is Cody Stanley, and I'm here with my co-hosts. Shane Wynn. And Chris Miller. And this is a podcast all about the art, culture, and eccentric residents of the Jake. Rubber City. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 130. Wow, we are quickly approaching Chris's age here in episode numbers. Um, You know, fun fact about the episode today, uh, we're recording on Monday, uh, July 15th, and I was looking on Instagram earlier today, and this is the four-year anniversary of episode 19, which was the first live show at Musica that we did. Oh, that um, was so fun. Which was... I think, were you on that one, or were you on the one before, Shane? I was on that one. Yeah, yeah. the one at Music That was yeah. live, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. so that was that was fun. That was um, really fun, yeah. Yeah, so that that's a fun little thing to um, think about. We've been around for four years now. That was really the anniversary of uh, Ryan, Chris, and I joining um, mm-hmm. with Liz. Uh, or no, not Ryan. Chris, Liz, and I joining the podcast. We uh, miss you, Liz. Yeah, Liz, we miss Shout you. Shout out in the keys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's as hot here today as it is there. It has been brutal this week. Um, but today we are on the podcast with Keith Johnston uh, from Running to Be Well. Welcome, Keith. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, so uh, we're excited to have you. I think I think you have some fun events coming up that we can talk about a little bit later. But why don't we start with Running to Be Well, kind of an about me section. Why don't you? Why don't you just tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, hey, I started running to be well about uh, four years ago. Um, a friend of mine lost his friend to heroin, and we were in a running group together. And we were at the calling hours and just sitting around wondering what we can do about it mm-hmm. because everybody's talking about awareness all the time and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, screw that. Let's let's do something. Action. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so let's do. I mean, we're in a running club, right? We're supposed to do something. So I uh, got to thinking about it, and I'm an engineer by trade, so I didn't see how I could apply my engineering skills <laughs> to this. Yeah. Um, but then as I started thinking about it, I knew that I've used um, exercise uh, myself in my own recovery and dealing with mental health issues and that sort of thing. And we joke about it all the time out on a run, right? This is good therapy. This is cheap therapy. You know, all that sort of stuff out on a group run. And then I started to think, well, hey, why don't we start a group specifically for people in recovery or people that are dealing with mental health issues and show them how to use exercise as a treatment, as a preventative, um, just things to rebalance all your brain chemistry. So we started that in Medina in 2016 with about seven people uh, getting together regularly. And we've grown now to four locations. We're in uh, Medina, Wadsworth, Akron, and Kent. Uh, And some of the locations we meet twice a week. Um, Just last week, we averaged meeting with more than 124 people every week. So we get together. We Mm -hmm. just run. We talk a little bit about exercise. We talk about goal setting. We talk about all that sort of stuff um, just to get people encouraged, so to change their headspace a little bit. Um, and then we just kind of hang out and just enjoy each other's company, and we're just trying to build community. 
That's amazing. I was looking at the website and I noticed there were four locations and immediately sent it to several people that I think would benefit. Awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting. So what does the demographic look like? Who shows up to these events? That's the crazy part, man. When I first started this, I thought, you know, your typical, you know, 20 something, all tatted up, you know, sort of person that, um, you know, that we all have in our mind set of the uh, stereotypical right. uh, quote recovery unquote, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> addict, right? Mm-hmm. So it's totally not that at all. It's families, it's grandmas, it's children. We have a, probably 20% of our people are, that are coming are children uh, that are um, in school age because their parents are in recovery or their parents have mental health struggles. And um, so we have all across the board. I mean, we have kids coming as young as six and all the way up into their 60s. Of course, I'm getting close to the 60 part, too, but you know, we don't talk about that. This is radio, right? Yeah. We don't have to talk about that's that. That's right. <laughs> um, wow, well, that's great. I uh, I was wondering kind of what that would be like, you know, because from a perspective of someone who thinks about, you know, addiction and uh, you, you generally do think about yeah. those 20-somethings that, you know, are out of their minds or whatever, but it, it is interesting to think about how addiction touches everyone in all walks of life. Um and so wh- whenever, has this been like a gradual increase? Do you think that word of mouth has helped you a lot? How do you think that, you know, it's grown so so big as it has? Yeah, we've doubled almost every year. Mm-hmm. So um, from starting with seven to meeting with 124 every year, um, every year we, we just keep increasing. And we've got a current, uh, we've got a constant um, influx of new people. You know, not everybody has stuck with us that long. Um, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but, yeah. but we've also got requests all the time. Hey, can you come start a group here in Cleveland? Can you come down to Canton? Can you come to, to wherever? And I'd love to, but I don't have enough leaders. Yeah. There's only so much of me. And I go to, I go to about six meetings um, a week. Wow. Um, wow, that's a lot of exercise. And I you're know. always running. I do. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, too, I want people to really understand. So even though we're called running to be well, um, all fitness levels are welcome. <laughs> So walking, we've got a we've got a couple of people that come in wheelchairs, right? Really, because they're after oh. the community. It's mm-hmm. awesome, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But there, it's much more than just the exercise; it's the community aspect of it. It's the acceptance, it's the accountability, and it's all of that. So, walking, running, wheelchair, people pushing strollers, absolutely. Bring your children, bring your dogs. This is community. This is family. This is what we're after. Uh, yeah. So, so I can speak to this personally. I'm not much of a runner per se, but I do go to the gym at lunchtime and run on the treadmill there you go. or the elliptical. And I've wrestled with depression my whole entire life. And I would say over the past six months or so when I've, I've been very diligent about going just about every day and I've noticed a, a definite uptick in my mood. And I used to hear how they were correlated, you know, the the running and the exercise with mental wellness. And I thought, yeah, maybe so. I just, I, I never liked running and always felt like crap right. running because yeah. I just felt <laughs> so tired and, and cramped and everything like that. But um, making it a part of my routine has greatly helped. And I see how the physical activity really boosts that, those endorphins and gets things going. And, 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 and you hit on a couple important points there. First off, routine. Right. Like if, right. if you're on medication, do you just take the whole bottle the first time, first day of the month or do you spread it out? Do you eat all your broccoli for the month in one meal? No, you spread it out. And that's the way our bodies are built. You have to spread it out. So it has to be a routine, uh, hopefully daily, mm-hmm. um, but at least five times a week. So you got to get your meds every day. 
Right. So if I don't ingrain something in a routine fashion, I won't get it done. Right. You know, so I had to right. really make a point to make make that so. And some people won't exercise unless there's other people that are holding them accountable. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah. There some you people go. Yeah. like to exercise with others. They don't like yeah. to exercise alone. And my sister's right. like that. We work out together and she's like, you know, this isn't happening at all unless you literally show up at my house yeah. and pick me up and take me to the right. gym. Right. So having those people that will kind of call you out like, hey, mm-hmm. where were you today? You know? Missed you Did today. You? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And I think that... Um, you know, this is such a, a cool thing to, like you said, running in a, or exercising in a group. This gives people that opportunity, too. Absolutely. Um, so you said that you meet four or five times a week. Is that right? Yeah, I personally go to that many meetings. That, and then you, so you are one of the leaders. Yeah, I'm one of the group leaders. So how many people are on, you know, I, I, I guess your team the, um, for the, running to be well? So we have a board mm-hmm. of five members, and then we have another three or four people. Most of the board members also lead groups, mm-hmm. so which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want anything, any decisions made without people having contact. So the saying goes in the recovery community, nothing about us without us, right? Okay, sure. So we want people that are ingrained, involved with the community that are making the decisions. So all of our board members are there every week you know, in the trenches, helping people mm-hmm. out, encouraging people. So, yeah, we have, um, we have about eight group leaders that, that come and help because some of our groups are in the 40s now. So there's not enough time for me to get around and talk to everybody. Right. You know, because we want to try to make sure everybody feels welcome and get us a, gets a chance of somebody to talk to them and that sort of thing. I mean, why come to a group run and just put your headphones on and go for a run? Mm-hmm. You can do that at home. Right. right? Uh, yeah. We don't force people to talk, mm-hmm. but we want to try to encourage that, that connection. And sometimes even listening can uh-huh. help, right? Absolutely. Um, so that's a great opportunity for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so why don't we talk a little bit about the event you have coming up? Can you give us a little insight into that fun thing? Yes, the Buzzard Beach at Monroe Falls Metro Park. That'll be this Saturday, the 20th. Uh, we're going to step off at about 8.15 a.m. And it's going to be a fun 5K uh, twice around the lake um, or a one-mile uh, walk. And people can walk the 5K if they want to. Um, but we've got so many great premiums with this rate. We've got this awesome uh, shirt that I'm wearing. The it buzzard. is very cool. Lots of colors. I Lots like of it. colors. Yeah. It's a gray a- shirt. And it says Buzzard Beach 5K in purple writing. And there's a buzzard on a surfboard. <laughs> yes. <sweet>. Which is, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, what more could you want in a shirt? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everybody's going to want one. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon's been calling me. <laughs> you got to have it. Um, we've got a cool medal. Um, we've got $1,500 in awards wow. that were donated by Fleet Feet up in Cleveland. They've been a fantastic sponsor for That's us. That's great. Yep. So if you win your age group, if you win overall or whatever, you're going to get a, a gift card for uh, Fleet Feet. We're going to have all sorts of food and mm-hmm. ice cream. Um, everybody that comes gets to go swimming for oh. free. Which, when the weather hot like this, is, should be kind of popular. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, where can people go to register for that? Online, uh, if you just Google Buzzard Beach 5K, you'll, it'll pop right up. It better because I'm paying all that money to, <laughs> to Google for that. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. So there's also we also have an event. Uh, so Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, we have an event for uh, Buzzard Beach. There's also a group called Running to Be Well. It's spelled uh, the word running, the number two, the letter B, and the word well. So um, if you just look up any of that, you're going to get to um, Buzzard Beach. 
Um, registration is still open. We will take registration up until the, the race starts. And one thing that's really unique about our race, and we, we thought about this long and hard, is that um, we are going to celebrate everybody that crosses that finish line. I don't know if you, you guys have ever been to a 5K, mm -hmm. but a lot of times they'll start that award ceremony while there's people still out on the course. Yeah. I always think that's very discouraging for the people in the back. And since our group is all about encouraging all fitness levels, we are not doing the awards until everybody finishes. And the people that finish first, I want people to run hard. I want people to do their best, right? Because uh, Steve Prefontaine said, uh, to give less than 100% is to sacrifice the gift. All right. Sure. So mm -hmm. I want people to run their hardest. But when you're done, I want you to turn around and go back out and pace somebody else in. And we're, and we're going to encourage everybody to do that and to cheer on everyone until we get to that last person. Because that last person is actually the most important person. That's the person that we need to encourage the most. And that's what we're, we're going to do. So it's going to be very unique. It might be a little different for some people, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to make sure that everybody understands this is, this is what we're doing. That's great. I know what you mean because I've been to those races and it's kind of like if you're still out running, everyone's going home. You know, yeah, right. You're like, yeah. oh, I guess I don't matter. You yeah, know? Exactly. They, they yeah. let the cars back on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a little discouraging <laughs> right. and, and dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I've been the last person in, in the back because I have a daughter with a disability. And one time we did a 5K and she can't run. Mm -hmm. So she walked it and we were the absolute last one there. And we had the police car right behind us, right? Which was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Could see him there eating his donut, you know? That's the one time you want a police car behind you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, yay. <laughs> I was a little nervous, though, with that blue light going like that. I was yeah. like, wait, mm -hmm. how fast am I going? <laughs> but, man, when we finished, everybody cheered for her, and it was great. So um, there, there's another joke in the running community that this is like a marathon is like a mullet. It's business in the front and the party's in the back. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> the, mullet, the mullet's coming back. Baby. I love yeah. it. That's fun. Yeah, I think I would really like to see a mullet on your next T-shirt. I'm just, I'm just gonna put my vote a, in. A buzzard with a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can can I have a mullet? Yeah, oh my can goodness! Too, yeah. Can you please have a mullet? <laughs> wow. Okay, so you're gonna have to work that out with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I'll come take pictures. Of yeah, that. Right. Then you can cut it off, and we'll donate your mullet. You know? Yeah, right. I don't know if there's a place you can do. You know, for poor people that cannot. Mo Mullets. Mullets for kids. Yeah, right. Someone could donate one to me. So I don't yeah. Chris really needs something. I'm, here. I'm a candidate. Anyone yeah. out there who has a mullet that you want to donate, contact Bulls of Akron. Mail it to Cody's house. <laughs> I will make sure Chris gets it. Oh my God. We have the best ideas. I know. <laughs> it's brilliant. Good thing, good thing this is being recorded. Yeah, so it's really important stuff. Yeah. yeah, for posterity. Um, um, no, go ahead. No, I just thought maybe we could switch and, and kind of go back to you. Uh, you so you you said that you know you had a friend who uh, died of heroin, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so what have you always been a runner? Have, has this been something you've always done, or you know was it something that kicked in whenever that happened that you were like, oh, well, I can use my talents to you know help other people? Well, uh, that was a process. I started running, you know, like seriously when I was in my late 40s, kind of mm -hmm. had that midlife uh, come to Jesus <laughs> moment. Gotcha. With that can the, be helpful sometimes. <laughs> with the doctor, yeah. like, hey, if you don't change your lifestyle, we're going to be saying nice things about you here <laughs> in about 20 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I started to get a little bit more serious about it in my late 40s and started running. And 
like I said before, I've had my own mental health and, and addiction issues that I've had to deal with in the past, but I never made that direct connection with the exercise. But when, when I started looking back at it, I was like, oh, yeah, the times that I really struggled were the times that I wasn't getting as much physical activity. Mm-hmm. Right. So then I started to kind of piece it all together. And then I started to think about how I could help other people do that. And again, being an engineer um, and I've always, you know, I've always been interested in physiology and that sort of stuff. So it didn't take me long to come up to speed on endorphins and dopamine and neurotransmitters and and that sort of stuff. And I'm always, you know, reading stuff like that. But um, that's when it all started to kind of gel together that we could start a group that helped encourage that. Because the key important, the, the component here that we've already talked about is the community aspect, right? When I ask my people time and time again, hey, what do you like best about the group? And they say, well, the group, right? The, you know, I can exercise on my own, right? right? Um, I like the group. It helps me. It helps to motivate me. It helps to keep me accountable. It helps to keep me feel connected. Um, we'll talk about the connection part here in a second too, but, um, I don't know if you want to banish off onto that yet or no, let's go into that. Let's talk about the connection. Okay. So there, I just, there was a fantastic speaker, uh, about three weeks ago here at the university of Akron, uh, at the addiction, um, substance abuse, uh, summit. And she was talking about the science of connection Mm -hmm. that, um, she's actually a neuroscientist and she's, so she's studied this. Um, and there's a neuro, one of the neurotransmitters is called oxycotton. Um, heard of that? I'm, so, I'm sorry, oxytocin. I did it wrong. <laughs> Dang it. I was like, oh, really? It yeah. has the same that's, name. That's very strange. No wonder <laughs> they make you feel the same way. Yeah. Well, see, that's the point. And that's, that's exactly yes. what they do. They mm-hmm. stimulate the same neurotransmitters. Um, and the way they proved it is that they, that they gave people Narcan. So what Narcan does is it blocks the um, the oxys from the, the opiates from binding to your neurons. Mm-hmm. So what what um, Narcan does is it keeps you from getting high. Mm-hmm. All right. So when they gave that to people and then they asked them how they felt about community and that sort of stuff, they everybody reported I feel disconnected. Mm, that's really interesting. So um, oxytocin is the hug neurotransmitter. The so the mommy. You know, when, so when moms hug their babies, that's, mm-hmm. that there's this big rush of oxytocin that makes the baby feel loved and makes the mommy feel loved. And when you hug somebody, that's, that's what's being released in your brain. It makes you feel connected. It makes you feel loved. And what opiates do is they mimic that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, take somebody off of that, then they feel disconnected. So guess what we need to replace? That we need to make sure that people feel connected right. and that sort of thing. And especially if you think about the psychosocial aspects of of addiction, most people that are in recovery have damaged all of their um, uh, relationships. So they've stolen from their friends and their family, they've Mm -hmm. lied to, and there's just all this stress, and you've broken all these relationships down, and now they've got nothing. And then you wean them off of the opiates, how are they going to feel loved? Mm-hmm. We have to reach out and we have to make sure that they feel loved. And that's one of the things that our group is really trying to do is just, just in a real practical way, just make sure people feel accepted and that sort of thing. So you're replacing those feelings on several levels. One is the interconnectedness you feel with the people around you and that love. Uh-huh. And also it's just the, what is it called when you exercise and that those, <laughs> the physiology of like that, you know? So there's in the endorphins and the mm-hmm. dopamine. So right. endorphins is short for endogenous morphine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So endogenous means it's in your brain. It's okay. inside of you. 
So it's a natural painkiller that your body releases when you exercise because exercise hurts. You know, we can be all be honest here. Exercise hurts. Yes. If you're being chased by a tiger or something, it'll give you the energy to to keep running and not feel it till later. Mm-hmm. You twist you twist your ankle and you're right. like, oh no, I'm gonna die. Well, I don't uh-huh. feel it right now, so that's good. I can mm-hmm. keep running. But that's what the endogenous morphine, the endorphins, are made to do, and those are always released when you exercise. It's the runner's high, as they call it. Yeah. Right. Yes. That point that you reach, and then yeah, your yep. body sort of gives you some relief, so you can keep going. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's real. I, I I experience it all the time. It takes a while to get to that point, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. is it? Can you feel it like the moment, sort of the moment it kicks in, or is it more just more gradual? It's more gradual, <laughs> and, and and that's part of the hard sell, right? Cause, right. Yeah. Because you, know, you take a you take a hit of of, mm. of heroin, it's going to release endorphins like a thousand times more than you can get from running. Right. Right. There's really no comparison from that one hit. Right. Uh, the only problem is, is that the crash is about a yeah, thousand get times sick on the other end right mm-hmm. uh-huh. where this makes you healthy on the other end there you go and good looking so there you oh, go hey. there you go <laughs> i'll take that any day yeah. <laughs> and to add on to the connectedness point you're making um have you seen the recent science behind that that old experiment with the rats in yes. the in the cage and the cocaine in yeah. the cocaine and yeah. how they they revisited that um to to Put other rats in there with That's right. with the rat, and, and with with with, uh, with a social connection, they are less likely to keep going for the, exactly the right. cocaine bottle. Exactly so, right. So, which shows there's a social element, not only just a biological element to to being an addict, and, and you know having that social connection and contact and that network of people can really go a long way. That's right. And a lot of that social connection is actually the neurochemistry that's going on inside your head. It's not like this soft, fuzzy thing. They can right. actually measure it um, happening inside your brain. Mm-hmm. And they're doing all sorts of research now uh, at NIDA, which is the National Institute on Drug Abuse, about what happens in your brain during active um, use and then during recovery. And then how do these other drugs, like they try to use like Suboxone or Vivitrol to get people off of heroin, what does that then do to the neurochemistry? So they're really trying to study it and understand it. I wish they would have done that before they started administering a million doses a year. Mm-hmm. Right. right. At least they're studying it now. Right. And I'm sure you've been keeping tabs on our own uh, drug epidemic here mm-hmm. in Northeast Ohio mm-hmm. and how problematic it's been. And huge. At, you know, at the foundation where I work, we we've been putting a lot of research and a lot of effort into figuring out where those those weak spots are in the community to fund and. It's it's such a complex issue, yes. you know. And I, in fact, this is something a lot of people don't think about. I visited some conversations last year uh, during an event we did, where it was a foster grandparents program. Yes. So it's basically the grandparents have taken custody yep. of these kids because the parents yep. are either in jail or dead or whatever, and and just the the fallout that happens in all the you know the the extended family around the addict you know the grandparents having to learn how to parent a young child again and how to interact with the schools and you know and it's right. just yeah it's just it has so many layers and so many things that it touches and it's, it, it's it affects us all it, it sure affects does. us there is nobody here in this community that that the um the drug abuse and recovery and mental health has not touched nobody zero True. Mm-hmm. Zero. I mean, just within like one person related to you. It's, it's everybody. And we have a number of grandparents that bring their children to our, to our groups. And it's fantastic because the kids, ooh, that's, a, that's a, another huge thing. Um, have you guys ever heard of the ACEs study? No, so I haven't. So it stands for Adverse Childhood Experience Study. So I think back in the 90s, they did a study where they tried to relate 
if um, children experienced uh, a traumatic event before the age of 18 and then tried to relate that to later on you know, in life problems with addiction, mental health, divorce, uh, that sort of thing. They, of course, they found a direct correlation sure. between those things. Um, but here's, here's the deal. It's not just a learned behavior. What it is is it actually changes that brain chemistry again. If, the, if a trauma happens early on in a, in a child's development, like your brain's not fully developed until you're about 25, right? Um, so if, if these things happen, it changes you and changes the way you think. It changes the way you experience joy and happiness. It changes the pleasure center. It changes how your body releases endorphin, dopamine, serotonin, all of those. It changes your, your prefrontal cortex, which is your decision-making uh, process. Um, and it, it doesn't necessarily change that um, permanently, but it does change it significantly. If we don't deal with that, then somebody's much more likely to develop an addiction, a mental health issue, even other um, health issues like um, cardiovascular disease. They've shown a direct correlation between that because the kids are living under a stressful uh, environment their whole life. Their body is just producing cortisol all the time. They're living in this high stress rate or state, and then they end up developing these longer term cancers and, like I said, the cardiovascular disease. So it's a fantastic study. So when I see kids coming, I'm all over that. I want kids to come, um, and I want to make sure that they're taken care of. I want to see if I can keep them from going down that path. And I think um, a difficulty that children face, too, is, is the stigma yep. behind um, admitting that you might have an addiction problem or a mental wellness issue. And I think it, that hits harder on, on children. So yeah. what, is, what does that look like? I mean, how does, when, pe- when kids show up, is it sometimes a matter of helping them to acclimate? Well, we, uh, so first off, we're very careful not to, um, like when people come to our group, we never ask. Mm-hmm. I never, because I, I mean, the number one rule in our group is that we're all screwed up, <laughs> right? Hey, that's out. our, that's Sounds our number like one rule. How about that? <laughs> See, you guys, you guys are part of the clan <laughs> yeah. already, part of the tribe. Yep. We're we all messed up. Um, so we, we try not to, we don't, we don't even encourage people to talk about um, their issues. Mm-hmm. If they want to, that's fine. But this isn't like a 12-step thing. Hi, my name is Keith, mm-hmm. right? You know, we're, we're there to just exercise and, and get better. Um, so that just from the way that we're set up, we're trying to remove that stigma because we, right. ident- we don't want people to identify with their struggles, mm-hmm. right? I don't want, you know, I'm not Keith Johnston, a person with, with you know, a substance abuse issue. Mm-hmm. I'm not Keith Johnston with a mental health issue. I'm Keith, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just with be... With a cool T-shirt. <laughs> and a T. Don't yeah. forget the T. Keep the T. <laughs> oh, wait, you guys haven't seen my hat yet, so no. we'll do that later. Okay. But um, so, yeah, that's, how, that's why we want... And, 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 but that is important, though, because a lot of times in their peer group, like in their school and stuff like that, they can't feel comfortable mm-hmm. because of that. But when they come to our group, they do feel accepted. They better, or or I'm gonna quit. <laughs> <laughs> I failed. I failed yeah. at my mission. If they don't, well, it's great. And I mean, um, people, different people respond to different things. Mm-hmm. So the more options that we have out there, and your approach is different than, you, like you said, than a 12 step. And, right. And so we need to have like different options for people that respond to different things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And there's, you know, it's like the the three legged stool, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've got to we've got to have that physical component in there. 
because like if you if you look at the, all the treatment programs that are out there, very few of them incorporate any physical activity True. until you get to the higher level beaches. Right. Um, you know, the, or other countries I've heard of studies elsewhere mm-hmm. where they've been very successful. Mm-hmm. You know, in um, I think it's. I think it's England. I have to look. I keep, I keep saying this, but I have to look it up. But if you go to a doctor in England, you go to your psych in England, and you say, "Hey, I'm feeling depressed," and they give you the test, and you're not just feeling down. Yeah, you've been diagnosed with clinical depression. They actually prescribe exercise before they prescribe anything else. And they did a study here in the United States at, at Duke University. You mm-hmm. guys heard of Duke? They're yep, sure. pretty serious, uh, smart people there, pretty right? Big. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they tried to compare regular exercise to uh, Zoloft and effectiveness for depression. Zoloft is the most prescribed medication for depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, exercise and Zoloft were exactly as effective in the short term. I think for like six months at reducing your symptoms of depression. And if you looked out longer term to a year, it's actually more effective. Wow. Because you're stimulating your own body's ability to produce the endorphins and dopamine rather than depending on the drug to, to, to uh, add that artificially. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the drug companies cried foul and said, oh, no, this, you know, your sample <laughs> size wasn't big enough or whatever. So the researcher, researcher said, okay, we'll get another grant. And they doubled their, their size, and then they added another control group and came up with the exact same results. Um, but yet, if you go to a psychologist here in the United States and you say you're depressed and you get diagnosed, more than likely you're going to be prescribed an SSRI, which mm-hmm. is Zoloft. Um, so uh, we, need to, we need to understand how our bodies are made, and we need to embrace the, the concept that that exercise and movement is medicine, mm-hmm. right? It's not just like this extra thing that you add. Where our bodies are pretty smart, right? They've been pretty well designed, and they need to. We need to embrace that that our bodies can do a lot of great things without having all this crazy stuff added. Sure, you know, I uh, that's so true, and I I, I don't know from uh, I guess the medicinal aspect of it. I've never taken medication or anything like that, but. This summer, I feel like I've done more physical activity than I have in several years, and I just, not so much today, but overall, like, I feel great compared to how I have in the past. You look great, too. Thank you. I'm so tan and amazing. I'm amazing. I've been outside a lot. (laughs) I'm great. Check me out. Um, But no, like, I just just feel so good, and I've been doing so much activity outside and, like, getting that sunlight in addition to the exercise there's something to say for that and i I think um you know feeling it firsthand makes me really understand that there you go um i want to see the hat you want to see the hat yeah what's up with the hat (laughs) all right so this is this is miles this is miles oh Oh my gosh this is a people he's pulling out a buzzard um it it is a i put it on but i got the headphones on (laughs) that's cool (laughs) <laughs> well, for, for the post podcast photo, Who's, Shane. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. There, oh, yeah. We'll take it. We'll make sure that's in the photos so everyone get to see can this. see it. Wow, it even moves too. That's oh, yeah. kind of fun. When I'm, run, when I'm running, it's, it's kind of a headbanger. It's kind of a headbanger. <laughs> He's a, he's a metal. He's a metal buzzard. So, do you wear that in the races? I have. I've been known to wear this in a race or two. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're about to go on the internet with it. So <laughs> everyone can see. Is that a customized hat? No, no. This is straight from Amazon. Uh, anybody cool. can get them. It's, okay. You know, you don't have to have a license or anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think a boomerang's in order. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of movement in that hat. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there really is. <laughs> so we talked a lot about how many um, days you do your group a week. Mm-hmm. How would people go about joining your group? Like, what? How does that? What is? What do they have to do? What are the steps? You just show up. Um, so you can check us out, like I said, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Facebook slash Running To Be Well. Um, we have two pages. There's a public page and a private um, group. Uh, either one, we pu- we publish all of our events in both of them. So you just show up. Um, so here in Akron, we meet at Second Soul uh, down on Portage Pass mm-hmm. and in Merriman down in the valley. Uh, we meet there at 6.30 on Mondays. Um, and we're going to, th- like I said, we're going to talk and warm up a little bit and we're going to head out on the towpath. Um, typically what we do at each group is we uh, go out for about uh, 30 to 40 minutes, either walking or running. And like I said, people can go at whatever pace they want, but we try to kind of buddy up. Um, we kind of ha- like to have different groups because we don't want people to be doing their thing alone, right? What's the right. point in that? Right. And then after we're done with that, we come back, we get a little snack, we get some water, and then we have the famous dad talk. I read uh, about yes. these dad talks, dad which was going to be yeah one of my uh, questions at the end. Why don't we dive into that? What are these dad talks? So the dad talks or mom talks, depending uh-huh. on who's giving them, uh-huh. uh, is just uh, is just something for us to give people uh, something to think about. A uh, different way to approach something is usually either motivational or educational. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't quite worked out my dad talk yet uh, for this week. Okay. I'll probably, by the end of our podcast today, I'll probably have it formulated in my head. Okay. But um, it's just trying to um, encourage people. So sometimes we'll talk about some of the things we've already been talking about. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about the ACEs study. We've talked about um, these other things. We've talked a lot about neurotransmitters and the neurochemistry. Um, I kind of geek out about that stuff, but yeah. it turns out not so much, not everybody else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just trying to find a way to motivate people and give people like more information to to help them uh, make better decisions. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's emotions that that help you that make you act. You know, the the information makes you think, but the emotions that make you act. So you know, we try to we try to you know interject some personal you know. Act, perspectives on this mm-hmm. sort of things that's such a cool like neat idea it, it always takes place kind of at the end is like just a, like a wrap-up thought on the process yeah and that's and that's actually purposeful because it turns out um and i've i've read some different books it turns out that um our brains are uh the most uh, able to absorb information right after exercise wow yeah. So there's that. actually a guy I um, got to talking with out in Arizona. He's he's based a treatment program completely around that concept. So you come into um, his treatment program. The first thing they do in the morning is they exercise, and then they talk, huh. right? Because if you think if you think about somebody whose whose mind's already spinning, mm-hmm. so so usually people in recovery, their you know their their brain chemistry is is all out of whack, and their thoughts are racing. They're they're highly compulsive, um, that sort of thing. Um, you got to get them to settle down a little bit so, so that they can absorb information. Yeah. And the way you do that is you exercise. So we should probably run around the block before we do podcasts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll be smarter, you guys. Yeah, well. It's going to be good. I don't know. That theme, <laughs> that theme song probably kind of... Yeah, that's yeah. a workout. That's yeah. a, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot. <laughs> um, It's funny that you have your dad talk because, you know, coincidentally... 
Chris has been trying to get us to add a segment for a while called Great Grandpa Talks, and ah, we haven't perfect. really got around to it yet. <laughs> um, but maybe maybe we should start that. Chris, what do you think? I'd like the idea. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk. I'll tell you about how we walked uphill both ways. Yeah, as with a kid one and with one shoe to get a block of ice. Yeah, yeah. Yes. in the snow. I, I had yeah. to whittle my own utensils to eat dinner every day, ten <laughs> to like eleven p.m. <laughs> So and by then, by then it was time to get up again. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, you kids have no idea how good you have. <laughs> well, here's the here's the dad talk I'm thinking about today. Okay, is that we all we all are the ones that get to decide how our day is going. So think about that. Somebody asks you, "How are you doing today?" Um, that's that's totally up to us. And and I and when I ask somebody that question, I wait for them to answer me. And if they say fine, and I'm saying, well, what do you mean fine? Mm-hmm. You know, or I'll say, well, give me a number between zero and 10. How are you? You know, like the judges at the, at the Olympics, yeah. right? Um, because it's important for us to understand that we have control over how our day is going. There's no such thing as a good day or a bad day. It's how you respond to it. It's how you perceive it. I mean, some of the, some of the worst days I've had in my life have been the best days. Right, because of the perspective I was able to to gain from that, and and it's just important for us to re- realize that we're in the ones in control of that. That this is this isn't this vicarious life that I'm living. I'm living my life, and I get to be the, the one that decides how it's going today. So that's kind of the the crux of the dad talk today. That's I like a good it. point. Hopefully nobody's listening to this. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, lots of people listen. Right. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. lots of people. <laughs> Well, uh, that feels like a really good place to kind of wrap up here. So we want to thank you for coming on. Um, we normally end the podcast with just a couple little events coming up. I don't know if we have, if you have any, Chris. I have a, a well, one or two. Well, so. Go ahead, go ahead and start now. Well, I'm just thinking about few, while I'm sure. thinking about it. Um, you know, I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast, but while we were on hiatus, I uh, started a new job at the Acker Canton Regional Food Bank. Um, and so one of the events that are happening coming up is uh, Operation Impact, which a lot of people will remember probably Operation Orange from last year, which was a 24-hour event that uh, we used to have, but we're replacing that with three Operation Impacts. Uh, and the first one is coming up on July 20th this um, this Saturday, and it's you. if you go onto the website, you'll be able to find all the information on it, um, but it's a really great way to volunteer and give back in the community. Um, I, I think there's... Ooh, I can't think of anything else uh, coming up. Chris out. is looking at his Chris phone. Is looking. I'm <laughs> oh prepared. I'll let you guys take it away. Um, so this Wednesday um, is an arts and culture age-friendly afternoon tea at Stan Hewitt, and I, I, I imagine that's connected to that arts and culture plan. It is. Yep. That's I'll going be there. on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I should be there since it's age friendly, right? It should be. <laughs> That's right. I can show up with my Buckeye sure. card. You and like get tea, a don't discount. you, Chris? Heck yeah, I like some tea. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> maybe. And uh, let's see. Um, I know that next uh, Friday, the and this is this is a uh, next week, but next next Friday, the twenty sixth. Uh, we will be doing an outdoor movie at Chestnut Ridge Park in Kenmore. Ooh, what movie are we playing? The Karate Kid. Ooh. Uh, we just watched that. It's so good. The, the real Karate Kid from Such the 80s, a, right? Yeah, yes. it's so good. <laughs> when he goes one. to the Halloween party the dressed one. as a shower, that's my favorite part. Yes. His his outfit is a shower. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I, that. It's very cool. I want to dress like, oh, there you go. There's our theme for next Halloween, you guys. Karate Kid. Who characters? wants to be Karate Kid I, in the shower? I'm not I want to be Cobra Kai. <laughs> 
You would be Mr. Miyagi, obviously, oh, Chris. Of course. <laughs> what am I thinking? But, Daniel's you song. know, we can make Ryan wash on, wash off all night. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And Mi- I'll just Mr. get a bad perm and I'll be the girlfriend. <laughs> Mr. Miller Yagi. Um, <laughs> so I, I will encourage all of you weekly, there are farmers markets all over Akron. Every Tuesday mm, so is many. Summit Lake. Um, every Thursday is Highland Square. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, every Saturday is Howe Meadow in Peninsula. And every Sunday is Northside Marketplace. Uh, wow, you said that Market. right off of the top of your head. That was awesome. I, I play music awesome. at those, so oh. I remember which days of the week they are. But like, they, you really like vegetables. Great. I do, yeah. Now that I'm healthy and running more, I'm eating more veggies. What can I say? Um, not about that. But, but yeah, it's, it's a way to buy some local food. It's mm-hmm. a way to support local businesses. It's a way to be healthier. The food you're going to buy at the farmer's market will stay fresh like three times as long as the stuff you buy at the grocery store. And if we don't well. support it, it could go away. Could so go away. we have to yeah, support these things. Yeah, yeah, show up. Sure. Buy local gifts. You know, someone's birthday is coming up. Get them mm-hmm. a get them a membership to the Nightlight. I was just there the other day. That's a great place to get Watch, a membership. Yeah, for. I mean, it's we have to support our local our local places. Yeah. Um. One other thing I just thought of is uh, we went to um, the winery at Wolf Creek a couple mm-hmm. years, maybe not a couple years ago, two years ago, yes. probably. Um, but every Tuesday during the summer at the winery at Wolf Creek is Yappy Hours, where you can hang out with your dog and like oh, that's get cool. some that's wine. So, cool. so that's a that's a fun one. Yeah. That's from five to eight. Um, you can catch me there sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh-huh. the, me and Ivy like to Why chill not? out at the winery. Why not? Yeah. Um, so that's a fun thing to do. But I I, I think that's uh, those are some fun events. But oh, Rock the Lock is every Friday night. Um, right. Right. The Italian Festival was last weekend. Did you go? I did not. Did oh, you? I went and I saw Roxy Moron. Yeah. It was so good, you guys. I had so much fun. Yeah, I took it the was whole cool. family. I had a stromboli while I was there. Yes, was absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did I? Yeah, I didn't have stromboli. What did you have? Well, I was with my kids and they wanted French fries. Okay. <laughs> It's that so is, embarrassing. Yeah, you, sorry I asked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, because I love all the yeah. ethnic food. But they had um, like those bungee jumping. You know, my kids were like bungee jumping and flipping around. And you can buy a wristband mm-hmm. and just have fun the whole time. You oh. Know? So it was really neat. That yeah. neat. And they had a Rat Pack band. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, at the Italian <laughs> Fest. It was seriously fun. My whole family went. We had a blast. It was yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Keep your eye out for those Akron events. We always got some fun stuff going around, uh, going on around here. Uh, Keith, thanks for coming on and sharing thank running you. to be well that with us. So we fun. really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. It was a very enlightening conversation. We had a good time. I enjoyed your dad talk. Ah. Uh, so thank you. Everybody check out the Buzzard Beach Run on Saturday. Um, running to the number bewell.org. Um, and uh, if... Uh, Thank you all for listening to episode 130 of the Spools of Akron podcast. We have been going strong for a long time here, um, and we're excited for what we are going to bring you in the future. It's going to be a fun summer. So as always, keep keep it it an Akron Akron day. day.